Cool. Sweetness. All right. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris. Right now, I'm being joined by Dino of Pine Hill Records because we are going to have a special Power Talk uh, episode today. This may lead to a Power Talk series. Who knows? Uh, but our mutual acquaintance, Val, who loves blueberry, freshly baked blueberry muffins. Uh, and I know this because I made them, and Val said, can I have the recipe? So I emailed her, Tino, the recipe for blueberry muffins. She said she made them. She said they were great. Uh, maybe we'll post it in the show notes down below. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> how are you? How are you, Tino? Welcome to the show. I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm better now that I know now that I know that. That's for sure. Perfect. <laughs> uh, now I have had you out on the show before, so I won't I won't bore you with the question of where in the world is Val from, because uh, you'll know the answer. But for everybody listening in, I work with Val for the last couple of years, and nobody knows where she lives in the world. So I like to ask that question because it's kind of fun. Uh, and I figured if we jab at Val for the first three minutes of the episode, at least she'll be happy. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Sweet. So what initially I wanted to get out of, you know, chatting with you, Tino, from Pine Hill Records is to get a, a glimpse into what happens in the music industry on the record company side, because I think it is something that bands find very elusive. They know they want to deal with a record company. They've heard bad things about record companies over the years. Um, you know, the sharks and suits kind of thing. And then that role, I think, has changed considerably, at least over the last 20 years, definitely over the last 30 or 40 years. Uh, recently, I had a band on from the 80s, Europe, and hearing them talk about the differences between being on a record label in the 80s flying around on a private jet compared to being on a record label now <laughs> you're like no no private jets not even the same world no not even that's like that doesn't even sound like earth <laughs> <laughs> so take us through pine hill records how did you start pine hill records what is pine hill records uh, it's a record label that I run myself in the adjacent room right over there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I started it because I had to, not because I wanted to. Uh, I I had done like little labels before when I was younger and whatnot, um, and I was putting got to the point where I was putting out my own band stuff again and uh, needed you know i didn't want the back of the record to be blank so i kind of made that up and then uh i started putting out other bands releases and more and more and i i didn't really think i was gonna put this much time into it but here i am <laughs> yeah okay so that's a really good point is you did it because you had to you didn't yeah. think that it was going to be that time consuming Take us through what you just said there, because you had to do it. So take us through that. I think you mentioned you didn't want the back of the CD to be blank. So maybe expand on that. Why is that so important? And uh, if, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go and ahead. is yeah. that still important today with Spotify and Apple Music being such a big thing? Yes and no. I mean, it really depends on what kind of what kind of scene you're in. I mean, no. I mean, everything today is just this horrible free for all. I mean, it can be in a great way. It can be in a really bad way. Uh, I don't know. Uh, there's no path of anything anymore. So I mean, there you're you're nothing. Nothing really matters anymore. That's kind of the sad the sad truth. I mean, although I mean, 
being on the right record label can totally help you. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of depends on what the label can do for you. And in, in, in my, but in going back to your question, like in my, like going, you know, I didn't want it to be blank. I wanted to actually do something. I wanted to be able to, to, to trade it and distribute it and do all that stuff. And like you, it's, it's, it's better when there's some formality behind that versus like, you know, you, you, if you hit up a distributor and you're like, Hey, carry my stuff. Like, it's like, okay. But like, if you, you know, you're a decently established, like small indie label that has like a catalog, that's a lot more appealing. So I, I kind of figured that would be a better route to take. Okay. That makes sense. So catalog, if you have a catalog, you get more available to you. Uh, I think this is changing, but I recall that if you had a decent enough catalog, and I can't remember what the criterion was, you could upload to iTunes directly. You could, yeah. You you uh, you could do that. I think it was you had to have at least like some. It was either like twenty or thirty or fifty releases under your catalog or something. I never did it direct, but I yeah, you are right about that. Okay, something you mentioned there, which was the best loophole, not loophole, segue. Maybe even. I don't know. You said what a label can do for you. So let's start there. What can a label do for a band? What should a band be looking for? Especially with today's day and age. I just got off of an interview with somebody who said, I did everything myself this year. It was a lot of work, but I did everything myself this year. So what is it that a label can do for you? Um, a label like you know stating the obvious like stating like going from real obvious right here obviously they they can cover the cost of the pressing cover distribution um they can cover pr they you know they can do all it depends like some labels are very involved in these things and others aren't um they you know so, you know uh, another formality that's kind of dying too is they would cover studio time um you know front front money for advertising i mean a label can do whatever and then also like get you in the right circuit and get you on the road with the right bands you know like that those are like it takes a lot of money to do that shit. And there's like, you know, th that's just, just diminishing because I mean, there's no return. I mean, you're, you know, you're pressing, you're pressing 300, 500 records. I mean, what the hell is that? Like, you know, we're like, you, you make more money, you make more money not doing it. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, you know, there's something to be said about streaming, but like, you know, the, the streaming payouts are, are, are higher for artists that are very popular and like they get a better, they get a better um, percentage and like, you know, there's, that's, that's where any money is in. I mean, there's money in physical too, for sure. I mean, that's why you see like, you know, like current pop stars, like everything's coming out on LP, which I think is sick. Like, that's great. But like, uh, but like, you know, in, 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 in the aspect of, you know, our type of thing where things aren't th that big, like that, those are the things that labels can do for you. They can, they, you know, press distribute. If you're, sizable enough maybe they front for front for uh, advertising and, and studio costs or, or whatnot or i don't know that's that's somewhere in that pool or they can do nothing for you <laughs> yeah I, the funny thing is after chatting with bands now for four going on four years not more, more than four years i've definitely heard everything with regard to our labels gonna do nothing for us <laughs> so we did crowdfunding and just left our label or uh, one recently I heard was the label said, you know, yeah, we'll give you 5,000 euro. And the band said, well, let's go do a crowdfunding. And they walked away with 20,000 euro. 
uh, from doing crowdfunding. Uh, right. So you, you kind of mentioned something there that was it. You kind of lose money doing the things that were traditionally the mainstay of covering the cost of pressing. Well, you're pressing 300 vinyl. That costs a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, as opposed to a few hundred thousand vinyl like it was back in the day. Uh, you know, distribution, right. PR, studio time. I, I can't think of a record label that's paid for studio time in the last, I don't know, probably 20 years, but there probably still is somebody. So. Yeah, there, yeah, there's there's some labels, like some labels that are like they have that made money in the 80s that like still have that money. Left, and they're like they're they're you know, they're doing you know, they're doing they're fronting. They're not giving they're fronting, you know, they'll like some. But I mean, yeah, that's way less common. Um, but, you know, one thing that should be pointed out, too, is like, I mean, and you hear non musicians talk about this shit all the time. But like, you know, especially in, in like should be pointed out to bands and just non musicians is like. People need to back the fuck off as far as what they expect because they're like, oh, the label should be able to do. This. Yo, you're not worth a penny. Like, you're not. You're not. Like, you're not. <laughs> you're. You're making me lose money. Like, who the hell do you think you? You're lucky I even want to put your shit out. Like, like that's that's how labels. That's how it is. Like, I understand because I'm at the forefront of this shit. So, like, bands bands need to like back off as far as what they expect. Like. Like as far as all this treatment, because because the bands that they listen to that are 30, 40 years old, that they got that treatment and they think that that's coming for them. It's like, yo, that's mm-hmm. dead. Um, and uh, and people that aren't, you know, people. That, oh, you should be getting royalties like you don't know shit like <laughs> like like get royalties for what? Like, you know, like, I mean, no one just you hear that all the time. Like people think that things are still glamorous and they just do not realize how <laughs> <laughs> Things are so glamorous. Back to what I said earlier when I had, and it's not Europe uh, that I had on the show, but it was members of Europe who said, we used to fly around on a private jet on company money, on record label money. Um, you know, and you mentioned some royalties there, uh, paying for studio time. I think I learned in recording school something about the label would pay for these things, but it was due back to you or do back to them out of royalties, but those royalties were coming in because there were record sales. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So, so so logistically, if we chat about that, a band listening in right now is upset. They're stomping their fists. They're upset. They, they ran out of Mountain Dew Code Red. They're super upset. Um, why, why aren't the royalties coming in? Okay, so if they want a record label to issue them, I don't know, let's say $100,000, so they can go into the studio for, I don't know, three months, which is something that doesn't happen anymore anyway. Uh, but let's say three months, they go into the studio. <laughs> this is funny to talk yeah. about now, right? I know. Yeah, it is. I just I, I just chatted with a band who said they were in the studio for 12 days, and I said, oh, my God, what, what happened? What went wrong? Yeah. Yeah, how many of them sold their cars? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys saved up a lot of lunch money for that. What, what happened? Uh, yeah. You know, because most of the time when I chat with bands who've been at it for 30 years, they're doing the recording in their home studio, direct in, they send it off to some other studio to get reamped or whatever else, and the whole process is done within a week. Right. Maybe. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So so that's where bands backing off from what they expect because, okay, so let's say, you know, you, let's say for some reason, for some strange reason, you had $100,000 just give a band to go piss around in a studio for three months. If there's no record sales, how are you supposed to get that back in royalties? Never. Like, never, absolutely never. Yeah, like you're, you're, you're. I mean, the only hope is is, is streaming. But I mean, you're, if the artist isn't 
popular enough, you know, even if it's a decent popular, you know, indie artist that's that's mid size or like underground popular, I mean, it's still not even going to come close to cutting it. Not even close. Yeah. Now that brings me to my next question: Is what should bands do then? Because I think a question that's floating in my mind. I'm pretending that I'm a band right now who's just now getting it, and I'm like, oh, oh one of those Byzantium <laughs> Jesus posters. You know, it's I've got an mm-hmm. aura around my head. I'm getting it now. If I'm going to do all of it myself, what do I need a record label for? And I guess the quest, kind of preceding that question is, as a band, what should I be doing to get a record contract? Oh, man. Yeah, there's no black and white answer anymore. I mean, like, as far as, I mean, first of all, if you don't care about what you're doing enough, you should just stop. That's, that's, that's number, that's, that's the first piece of advice. Just skip all this bullshit and go, like, do, like, the cubicle job thing and, like, just live the normal life. Like, cause that, that's, that's the, that's, that's the way out of this that you 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 might want to think about first. If you decide to actually pursue it, uh, then, dude, getting on. I mean, being one of the slim bands that gets hooked up with a label, it's pretty much you got to be like, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta smoke the joint with the right guy. That's that's the that's the that that's the only. Uh, format that i'm seeing it's just people who have friends uh but also you i mean yeah you should be pushing touring showing effort which like so many bands don't want to do because it costs money and time and it's not safe and easy um uh what else i mean to attract label attention that's really it i mean you got to know the right people and you got to like work hard and like fucking hope and your shit's got to be good like you got i don't know that you your content's got to be excellent and unique and you gotta, you've gotta do your thing out there and get connected with the right person. That's all you can, that, you know. If you're trying to get label attention, if you're gonna do it all yourself, uh, prepare for a lot of work. But you can, but you really better know what you're doing as far as pressing and distributing and, and dealing with everything, which you can do. But it's gonna take a lot more of your time, which you can spend doing other things for the band. So that's something to think about. Mm-hmm. And something you mentioned was not every label is the same and there really is no path going forward. And that reminds me of something that uh, Chad Kroger said. He was asked something the last time Nickelback released an album uh, about would you want to release, would you want to be a new band today? And he said, hell no. When we started, we knew what the path was. Uh we don't. I. I have no idea how to make it in the record industry right now without having already been Nickelback kind of thing. Um, so that kind of resonated with what you had said. Uh, how does a band then shop around? What kind of questions should they be asking? What What kind of contract should they be looking for? Or how do they determine that this label is right for them? You have to be thinking about what you want. I mean, first of all, if you're if you're not a band that is looking to tour full time and like make a life out of it, you shouldn't even, I wouldn't even put in the effort to have a record label uh, put out your stuff. You know, I get messages all the time for people asking to put stuff out of bands that just don't give a shit about themselves. I mean, they've never even toured. They, I mean, like, come on, like, why, what, why the hell would I do that? Um, um, but uh, you, you, you like, like, you got like it, it's unbelievable. It'd be like, it'll be like someone's like bedroom project or like, or like, or like a band that, you know, plays a local bar, you know, once a month or something. Like, why the fuck would I even think about? No, like I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't put out my own shit if that's what I did. Um, but, uh, but 
but anyways, uh, yeah, you gotta like, <laughs> you, you, yeah, you gotta think about what you want, and then you gotta really observe the very few record labels that are that are fit the criteria of the path that you want, and then good luck contacting them. Good luck getting anyone to listen, and you gotta I don't know, but a, a lot of you, okay, which which labels can put us on the road here, which labels can connect us with this, or, you know, you gotta, you gotta figure your path and narrow down who can actually do something. That's what's going to help you because I've, I've made lists of label labels before and I have, you know, I have a big list. And then once I look down of like what actually makes sense, there's like three labels and that's it. Yeah. And you got to smoke joints with them <laughs> Yeah, or, or send them blueberry muffin recipes. That one works too. Yeah. Uh, that's how I, <laughs> that's how I got this call. Uh, Something you mentioned was the touring business, and that takes me into 2020, where there was no touring business, and touring companies uh, are going to be, if they're still in business, registering some red ink <clears throat> on their tax forms this year. So take us through that. How has the record label gone this year? How has it changed things that you do? Um... <sighs> Things are consistently detrimental, so nothing's going <laughs> to down at this point. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you know, I've done it, it. It hasn't made it easy in terms of like, okay, like our stuff, like my band's stuff, like it only moves when we're on tour. Period. Period. Um, so that has definitely sucked. Um, so what, you know, what I've done to make up for it is I've just done a lot of like heavily discounted packages of merch and like really included some bonus stuff just to get things moving. But yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of loss, but, uh, you know, I'd rather do that than just chill with a bunch of records and not be on tour this entire year. I mean, we were only able to make it all out for one month before this thing started. So things were moving decently during that but yeah so that's that's kind of how i've been how i've been dealing with it i wouldn't say it's uh, from an from an internet order standpoint i wouldn't say it's any worse or better than a normal year but i would say as far as the ability to not physically push during a tour that is definitely a noticeable flaw okay cool now i've I'm, I'm been coming across a lot of bands that have i don't want to call them bands necessarily but Releases that have shot up this year from people who've never even met, never mind they've never gone on tour. Um, and even myself, when I was in lockdown and I was out of work for a few months, uh, a friend of mine uh, out uh, across the other side of the country, he and I started working on stuff. We've never been in the same room before and we're just like working on stuff. Who knows if it's going to go anywhere, but we've been working on stuff. And some of those gigs have been getting quote unquote record contracts. So does this kind of change the game a little bit because i know touring is pretty massive um and obviously it'll come back eventually but does this change some things and what the kind of criterion record companies are looking for potentially i i don't know as far as that goes i mean i think there's for the right acts if you're an established act with a pretty decent following i mean there's definitely money in the live stream type thing i mean i think that's going to be a thing that's that will be sandwiched in with touring with exclusive packages and stuff like that for like you know people that can't make it to the show that live out you know in other parts of the world and all that stuff i think that you know but i don't know i don't know how much we would see of like record contracts coming from specifically just streaming i mean unless it's something that you know unless it's something that like 
you know, blew up and has an, a psychotic amount of plays and like they're getting a lot of attention. If there's attention on it, wouldn't surprise me if there's some sort of label interest. But other than that, I mean, I think the I, I, I think the, the 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 main thing is going to be regular touring. Okay. Like, you know. Yeah, makes sense to me. Uh, cool, cool. Now, something else that our blueberry muffin lady wanted us to chat about was. Zygote's 1991 record, A Wind of Knives, being reissued by our dear friend Tino here at Pine Hill Records. Uh, so let's go ahead and touch on that. How did that happen? Why is it happening? Is this band touring in 2020? What's going on? No, this band's been broken up since like 91. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that... Uh, that was a, a project form. Those three out of the four of those guys are from a bigger band called Amoebics, um, who are a very influential band in the punk and metal scene. Um, great band. And um, it's an album they formed after that band broke up in uh, in the late 80s. And uh, that's the only album they did. It never got pressed here. Um, I've been listening to the album for half my life now, and I've always I've always really liked it, and I figured it'd be you know a good time to... Uh, to, to put it out and bring it here. And um, it was a pretty easy setup. I mean, I contacted them and, you know, it made sense to them, made sense to me. And so we did it. And, and, and that was that. Um, and it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been cool. It's just, it's, uh, it's always fun to, to put out something you've been listening to for like, you know, a good part of your life. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that's really all I can say about it, I guess. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> is that, since it's something you've listened to for the majority of your life, I know that, uh, when I'm backstage chatting with a band that I've listened to for 25, 30 years, and I'm, they're sitting there in front of me, and I'm like, huh? Uh, was there a bit of that with this release? It was, uh, I mean, maybe if I met them in person more, but I mean, you know, it was just, uh, it was just, it was just cool. Like, I was just pretty stoked as soon as it was, like, locked into place. Like, it was like a, you know, I, I was, uh, I was just I was just pretty happy about it, and I'm, I'm and it seemed like they were too. Um, um, you know, again, I've never met them in person or anything, but uh, but yeah, there's a bit of like, oh shit, cool, like this is legit. Mm-hmm. So. Cool, very very cool stuff. Is there anything else that you wanted to chat about, Tino? I mean, <laughs> oh sure, but <laughs> <laughs> to go there. Probably not. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, all I can say is just, you know, thanking people that have, uh, you know, been following the label and supporting the label. Um, cause there, there have been some good people that have, that have followed it the entire time. I mean, they have like, they have like every release I've put out, which is, which is sick. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's still, it's still a very, uh, very ugly world in that department. And, uh, I've got, you know, the label's going to be around for a while because I've got a lot of promises out to to people and a lot of a lot of um, a lot of things coming up, things that I want to do. You know, it's not it's not a money project; it's a passion project, and like there's a lot of stuff that I love that I just it needs to come out on wax, and like it's uh, it's gonna suck uh, for the pocket, but it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be good for the mind. So uh, I guess that's all that matters in the end, right? <laughs> It sounds almost like you're running a podcast. Jeez Louise. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. that's that's my favorite question. Oh, how much do you make for doing a podcast? Like stress and uh 
<laughs> free free time away from my wife, and I don't know what else. <laughs> yeah, right. That's 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 funny <laughs> that someone would ask you that question. Oh, yeah, how much are you making off this sick podcast business? Like, yeah, you you really reading too many of those five point blog posts. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Well, then that concludes my question. Sino, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock and Roll Podcast for this. You're the first Power Talk series. I think it went well. How do you think it went? I think it went just splendid. Splendid. Perfect. And then uh, we talked about Blueberry Muffins, Val, <clears throat> Zygote, Pine Hill Records. Um, I think I think it's cool. I think I'm going to do it again, and uh, I'll let you know when this airs. Okay. Awesome. Well, one yeah. second. I accidentally hit stop before you said thank you for taking the time, so we'll go a formality here. I re, I hit record again. So thank you, Tino, for coming on and sharing your knowledge and wisdom uh, with all of us here at the Rock Metal Podcast. I don't know about wisdom, but uh, thank you for <laughs> thanks for taking the time.